1: 15. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll break down a Cardinal squad with several spots up for grabs.
2: Like Duff and taxes, Dodgers has been a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, 3 go go-throughs uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy three. league. I'm
0: just glad I am not at the dentist.
2: Fantasy Baseball in 15, on The Athletic.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Thursday, March 11th. I'm Al Melchior and I am here with Michael Beller. And Michael, uh, March 11th, I think for a lot of us, we count this as the day in 2020 when things started to shut down. So here we are, uh, close to winding up our uh, our team previews for 2021. So uh, hopefully we can look forward to better
2: things ahead. Definitely, Al. One year later, here we are getting ready for an on-time start to the Major League Baseball season and just things around us all improving. Very happy to be here with you uh likewise michael likewise so today we've got the cardinals
1: another really inter- interesting team here uh and you know some some of these teams uh we, like with the tigers uh, on the previous episode we focus more on the prospects but there's a real mix here to to focus on mm-hmm. so i figured let's start with the hitters and start with the big offseason move for the cardinals uh getting nolan arnado from the rockies and not surprisingly, the projection systems are looking for him to take his offensive game a notch or two down. Uh, the consensus seems to be about a 270 average, 30 homers, 30, 31, 32 homers, uh, 95 RBIs, 85 runs. Does that strike you as too much of a discount uh, going from Coors Field to Busch Stadium?
2: Uh, maybe a little bit, but I think it's in line with you know realistic projections and realistic expectations is probably the better word to use for what we should have for Nolan Arenado this season. I would bet a little bit on the over there. I think that uh, the, the projections are, are maybe missing a little bit just how good of a player he is and what the foundational skills for Nolan Arenado are regardless of where he is playing his home games. I think it's fair to ding him a little bit. For leaving cores and not getting to play half of his home games in cores. I think we could also, we know the effect on uh, Rockies hitters when they go on the road, and so Arenado isn't going to have to deal with that anymore. So, you know, maybe we should be dinging him some and then giving him a little bit more back, not quite enough to even out the ding. So I would say this is, you know, within reason. It's a little bit more than I would go, but uh, I do think that his ADP, which is really where the rubber meets the road when we're talking about this from a fantasy perspective, is generally fair. I was just in a uh, Tot Wars draft a couple of nights ago, and uh, he was on my radar. I didn't ultimately land him, but with where he went, uh, I felt like, was a pretty fair landing spot for him. And, you know, it's it's an interesting lineup. Uh, a couple of other guys who were on my radar in that draft were Tommy Edmund and Dylan Carlson. Tommy Edmond was someone who I was really disappointed to miss out on, and I will say that partially it was because I uh, found myself both second baseman and shortstop needy as we got into the double-digit rounds, and obviously Tommy Edmond gives you a ton of flexibility there, but he's an interesting player. He's going to get to play every day for the Cardinals. And then Dylan Carlson, I think you know we should be uh, pretty optimistic about going into this 2021 season, what uh, projects to be his first full year in the majors. So how have you been treating those two guys? How do you... Uh, gauge what we're going to see from these two in 2021?
1: Well, I haven't drafted either one yet, uh, and I doubt I'll be having Tommy Edmond on on any of my teams uh, this year because I actually do think that the ADP for him is a bit inflated coming off of, uh, you know, I'm going to say coming off of that 2020 season. And I think I've been pretty consistent across these team previews and not emphasizing those 2020 stats too much, not weighting them too heavily. But in Edmund's case, he went into 2020 as somebody that I kind of considered to be a fantasy bust. So maybe it's just um, confirmation bias on my part. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him not improve that much on the 2020 rate stats. But on the other hand, Dylan Carlson, I haven't drafted him yet either, and I really regret it. I think his ADP, which is right around 150 in NFBC drafts, I think it's really reasonable Um, maybe even – um you know, a, a downright bargain for Carlson. A hit for, for good power last year that didn't really show up in his stats. So I think he's somebody who's going to maybe surprise a lot of people based on the ADP.
2: You know what I like about Dylan Carlson is that he he like has to play every day for this team, doesn't he? I mean, you know, the Cardinals maybe project as the team with the best-on-paper offense in the NL Central. I think that's fair enough to say with the addition of Arenado. Uh, But I think Carlson's a guy who's going to be a big part of that. And you look beyond what their everyday lineup is, and it's like – how does he even get challenged, right? Like Matt Carpenter challenges for enough time and he's got to play some second base, or right? I mean, that's really the only spot he could play on the field. And so that pushes Edmond into an outfield spot. Like, I don't know. There's too many things here. I really think that the Cardinals are going to have one of the more solid one through eight lineups in all of Major League Baseball this season. I really do think they're going to be sort of a throwback team in that regard. And Dylan Carlson, not only going to be a huge part of that, but going to be a huge part of that in the middle of the order, right? I mean... I don't see any reason why we're not going to be looking at Edmund Goldschmidt, Arenado de Young, and Dylan Carlson as the top five of this order, you know, game in, game out with, of course, a day off here, a day off there. And that gets me really excited about Carlson and a little bit more excited about Edmund than you are. (laughs)
1: Yeah, well, especially as far as Carlson's concerned, I think those are all really great points, and I I think you're right. I think the playing time will go unchallenged for him, because if you look at the rest of that outfield, Harrison Bader, I mean, he still has not really proven himself at the major league level. Tyler O'Neill has really scuffled in a lot of his major league appearances, Uh, and so not only do I think that that solidifies the playing time for Carlson, but I'm also very intrigued by Lane Thomas. and. He's you know we forget maybe that he's still a prospect because he's been up and down but he still does have prospect status and he's somebody who I think who could sneak in some playing time in center field um and and maybe in left as well. So he's got a little bit of a power speed uh profile that uh would be nice in uh, particularly some deeper drafts.
2: You know what I like about Lane Thomas here Al is you know I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and you know we, we what we've seen him for 100 100, right? 100 or so Major League plate appearances. I'm not going to sit and say, you know, in those 100 plate appearances, I've seen this or that. But if I was going to paint a rosy picture for Lane Thomas, I would start with what you started with, right? Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill. Tyler neither of these guys has really taken their opportunities that they've had with the Cardinals and run with them. And then secondly, Harrison Bader, we, we think is going to be out there basically every day for this team uh, because of his glove. But Yeah, outfield defense, I mean, you really got to be at like the Jackie Bradley level, I think, and maybe Harrison Bader's at that level to really move the needle. You can look over uh, at this team's uh, arch rival over the last few years, and Kyle Schwarber turned himself into a completely passable corner outfielder. He was never going to win any gold gloves. He's not going to win any gold gloves in Washington, but he was fine. And I think that being fine in the outfield, being and also carrying a big bat is a path to Lane Thomas getting himself plenty of playing time. So that's where I would get excited. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with
0: 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
2: to be excited about Jack Flaherty, right? Not hard to be uh, excited about Jack Flaherty. Frankly, he's really the only guy in this rotation uh, I trust, whether we're talking about fantasy or real life. He's the only guy that I really do trust here, and I think that's where the Cardinals, from a real-life perspective, could get held back because I do think we could be looking at Jack Flaherty and pray for rain with this team in the rotation. But how does Flaherty size up for you in that group of pitchers? He's in that big glut of pitchers after we get past the first uh, couple of big names. Where does he rank? For you among those guys?
1: Very high. I mean, he's not. I mean, in terms of my expectations, I mean, he's certainly a good way behind uh, Darvish and Bauer, but Mm -hmm. in terms of ranking, he's not not too far uh, behind. I mean, he's really pretty high up in that second tier. And I I think that. he, he's going a little bit later in some drafts, again, probably because of some poor 2020 results. He also didn't strand a lot of runners last year relative to the major league norm and relative to his previous norms. So that ERA got really inflated. But uh, projection systems seem to agree that he should be just under a 3.50 ERA, that's where I see him as mm-hmm. well. I mean, this is somebody who's, like you say, he's going to miss a lot of bats. I don't expect he's going to walk as many batters as he did in that short season last year. He's pretty good at um uh, avoiding really hard contact. So between that and the home park, I don't think home runs are going to be a problem for Flaherty. So you put all that together, and that's somebody that I'd feel really confident in using as an ace if I miss out on one of the, the top starting pitchers. So, yeah, I've got pretty high expectations for Jack Flaherty.
2: Are you in any different of a feeling uh, than I am when it comes to the rest of the rotation? And I heard your, uh, I heard your cat meowing. I think maybe he or she is, uh, is trying to voice some sort of protest against me or is that a voice of agreement?
1: Uh, Well, Izzy just said yes. Uh, So uh, apparently Izzy's got real concerns uh, about uh, Kwon Kyung Kim, uh, like I do. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, I just, I find it curious that, you know, you, you, I think you stated it exactly right, Michael, that Flaherty is really the only one we can trust. And the fantasy community agrees because none of the other starters are being drafted, really, as 12-team standard roto-type starters. But Kim is the closest. He's got a 272 and a BC ADP. And one of the most contact-friendly pitchers in that short season. So Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe over a longer season, we'll see uh, better skill in that area. But I'm not sure that that's enough to really make him – borderline viable in a 12 or 13 or 14 team league. So personally, I would rather have Adam Wainwright, who's going well over a 100 spots later on average. Uh, mm-hmm. At least you figure he has a shot at being an average strikeout pitcher, super efficient, going to give you those innings. Um, You know, he's the boring kind of pitcher that I don't mind uh, adding late, uh, particularly if I've drafted some riskier pitchers ahead of him.
2: If it's an either-or situation, I'm with you, but I think it's pretty easy to put the rest of the Cardinals pitchers off the board entirely for me. Adam Wainwright went very late in that Top Wars draft I was in on Tuesday night, and uh, it it was a fine pick. I don't think it was a crazy pick, and I think he can definitely return value on that sort of draft slot, but we're talking that or nothing, of course, with him and... Yeah, maybe I could try to get myself interested in Carlos Martinez, but again, I mean, you know, what are our realistic expectations for him? Can he stay healthy? How many innings is he really gonna be able to throw this season, even if he does get a rotation spot? I mean, there's just there are so many question marks with him, and at the stage of the draft where you would take him, you're totally fine with those question marks because you can easily cut him after a couple of weeks. It's not like it really cost you anything, but it just all brings us back to the point that I think pitching is going to be an issue for this team this season.
1: Oh, it certainly is. It really stands out when you look at the roster as a whole. And the one thing I can say from a real baseball perspective, that will certainly you know bleed over into the fantasy impact mm-hmm. is that once again, it looks like they should have a very deep bullpen. I mean, they've really had a good, good deep bullpen for a few years. And now they've got the return of Jordan Hicks, who's hitting triple digits again. So that's pretty enticing is. to me. Yeah, and uh I'm, I'm coming around on, on him because so far I've really avoided this Cardinals closer situation because there's just so many potential candidates. Now with Alex Reyes officially out of the running as a starter, he'll be in that mix. Andrew Miller's always there. Giovanni Gallegos has entered that fray in the last year or two. But I think out of all of them, because Hicks does have that experience and the incredible ceiling and these great, you know, reports so far in, in spring training. I have to think that if he's not the closer early on, uh, he will be eventually. And probably my biggest remaining concern about Jordan Hicks is whether or not he'll be able to stay healthy.
2: I mean, if you're Mike Schultz, you have to give him the opportunity to run with this job, don't you? I mean, you absolutely have to because if he can, if he runs away with this job and he locks up the ninth or he locks up the, you know, biggest leverage role, then the bullpen could fall together very nicely for you with Alex Reyes out there, with Giovanni Gallegos. He's been a serviceable guy for them. You know, you're not asking Andrew Miller to be too much at that point. Uh, you're asking him to be your highest leverage lefty, but you're not asking him to go get huge outs every single time that you trot him out there. I, I really, does come together best with Jordan Hicks as the dedicated closer of this team and so that's what gives me confidence in him in addition to the stuff the stuff obviously speaks for itself but on top of that I just feel like Mike Schilt just has to at least see if Jordan Hicks can stay healthy lock down the role and let the bullpen fall fall into place leading up to him and I I do think you're right in the fact that this is going to be a team that leans on its bullpen quite heavily. Um, And and so when you have all these other guys who are going to be mixed in two longer roles and two setup roles, Ryan Helsley, John Gant, Genesis Cabrera, I mean – You do like having that guy who knows exactly what his role is, and then everyone else can be, you know, sort of in a fire drill situation. And so I really do think that even though you can make an argument that this could be a closer by committee, you can make an argument for Alex Alex Reyes or Giovanni Gallegos, it works best with Jordan Hicks as the closer. And so that makes me feel pretty good about him.
1: Yeah, I think this is just a situation with regardless of what we hear from reports that we can make that leap of faith and think that Jordan Hicks is going to wind up with the bulk of the saves uh, again, assuming that he he remains healthy. So uh I think that's going to be a wrap then on the St. Louis Cardinals for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And also be sure to fill out our listener survey. Just click on the link provided in the show notes. And for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melchior, and we'll be right back here on Friday.